Hello again, Broncos country, and welcome to the latest edition of Orange Weekly Podcast. Here at Orange Weekly, we are all about football and football only. We do not discuss politics, so you won't hear us talking about how many Twitter followers each one of our coaches has. Just this week's matchup. Inside the minds of the coaches, the players, and an in-depth look at what you should be expecting this coming week. Orange Weekly Podcast is sponsored by Rep the Squad. Rep the Squad is a jersey subscription club that lets you rep your jersey wherever you want. With hundreds of jerseys, Rep the Squad lets you switch between your favorite stars and styles whenever you'd like. Adult memberships are $19.95 per month and youth memberships are $16.95. New jerseys arrive fresh, clean, and in within two to three business days. It's kind of like Netflix for jerseys. Rep your orange crush all season long. Free shipping both ways, cancel anytime, and make sure you guys log on and use that promotion code ORANGE50 to get 50% off your first month at reptosquad.com. That's promo code ORANGE50 at reptosquad.com. Since you can cancel at any time, you might as well go on there, spend the $10, try them out for a month, just see how you like it. ORANGE50 at reptosquad.com. All right, Bronco fans. It's been a pretty tough two months for us, but we can't lose faith now. As long as there's a fighting chance to make the playoffs, we will be fighting for it. This week is no exception as we take on the most hated rivals in the Oakland Raiders. Remember, we beat the Raiders for the first time we met them in week four. And actually, that's our last win that we have this season. So as we go into this week, we have a new offensive coordinator, a healthy quarterback taking over for the first time this year. We're hoping for the same result we had in week four. Just a quick note before I let the Mad Fanatic bring us in as usual. Due to some scheduling issues between Matt and myself, we had to try a new recording style, so we hope you guys like it. You're going to hear Matt for a little while after you hear the Matt Fanatic, and then you're going to hear me again towards the end of the podcast. We hope you guys all enjoy this week, and we shall get this ball rolling as usual with the Mad Fanatic. Orange, man. Hello Broncos fans. I hope everybody's doing well and recovering from yet again another pretty uh, unfortunate loss. Definitely not something that we like seeing. I was so sure that the Broncos would win this weekend. It was it just seemed so right and unfortunately unfortunately it didn't happen. But that's okay. That's okay. Listen, there's still a slight chance of making the playoffs. Out of all the teams that are live right now with a chance of making the playoffs, the Broncos actually have the smallest margin of probability. I'm not saying that just to, you know, discourage you or make it seem like there's no chance, but on the flip side, I think that shows that, you know what, there is still a chance. The Broncos have an 8.7% chance of making the playoffs. And, uh, you know, I'm not sure exactly how that breaks down, but uh, overall, I think it really requires a a win in every one of the next six games on the part of the Broncos, and they're going to need some help, some teams losing, and uh, teams like the Raiders, who are in their division and ahead of them. And luckily, that's who we're playing this weekend, so we can deliver that first win we need and that first loss we need as well from our opponents this weekend. Uh, Before we get into that, just a few notes. 
Number one, a bit of a different format this week. Uh, Jared is still away at work and it's been a bit challenging to find a time to record. So our, our show this week is a bit broken down separately. You heard him earlier in the intro and you'll hear them hear him sorry, at the end. And in the middle, it's going to be me and my beautiful Canadian voice and I hope you love it. So we're going to stick to our same format here. We're just going to go through the uh, previous game here quickly uh, against the Bengals. And uh, you know, our through I told you so and who would have guessed? I told you so. So in I told you so, uh, the one I want to bring up is Dan last week actually called the score. He got the score correct at 20 to 17. However, he didn't get the outcome, which is, uh, you know, really the, the bigger issue overall. But Dan is the first time on the show. He had that beginner's luck and he called the score. So that's going to be our I told you so for the week. Who would have guessed? For who would have guessed? Wow, this one's uh, a bit challenging. Um, I think my who would have guessed is definitely the fact that Brock Osweiler threw 42 times during the game. You know, the strength of the Broncos is not the pass. It's, it's you know, and especially for Brock Osweiler, it's never really been his forte, especially as a quarterback, which is odd. But, you know, throwing 42 times just doesn't seem to work, especially when you have the three great running backs that the Broncos have and, and, and there's so many other things that we can do instead of making Brock Osweiler throw 42 times. At some point, the pass becomes so evident for the defense that they just stop trying to cover the run and they put their efforts towards covering the pass. You know, it's almost impossible to pass against that, especially in the NFL. So, you know, I never would have guessed the fact that Brock would have thrown 42 times in this game. Definitely, it's, that one's mind-boggling. Brain games. And moving on to brain games. And this is the segment I really am excited to get to. Uh, there's a lot that happened in this past week. Coincidentally, you know, it happened during the week that both these teams are playing. But there's a lot that happened within the coaching staffs on both teams. So we're going to start right now with the Broncos. I go right ahead into it. Mike McCoy has been fired. Um, I think based on just statistically the last few games, it's... You know, it's clear as to why he got fired. I think, unfortunately, he was more of a scapegoat for the issue. Um, I don't believe that Mike McCoy is essentially the problem with the offense, but, you know, somebody's got to take the hit for it, and it's a lot easier to fire one coach than to get rid of, you know, the 11 guys on offense. So I think uh, McCoy, unfortunately, he he had a bad run. He had six games losing in which uh, his offense was outscored 185 to 85. That is a 100-point swing. You know, there's only so much a defense can do to win games. The offense has to put up points, and unfortunately, McCoy hasn't been able to do that. And, you know, he lost his job because of it. Uh, I read some reports saying that the the offensive playbook was... uh, very complicated and, and players had a difficult time grasping the the concepts and and adapting to the differences from the previous year and it was just you know evidently too much especially with the quarterback room that he had in Brock Osweiler and Trevor Simeon and Paxton Lynch you know I don't think these are necessarily the the most you know mentally well adapted quarterbacks in the league you know they don't compare up there with the Peyton Mannings and Tom Brady's who can run incredibly complex systems they they just need to have a great system that works well to their strength and I think McCoy since he wasn't able to fulfill that need unfortunately lost its job and who's replacing him no other than Bill Musgraves now Bill Musgraves have ha- has had a lot of success 
really had a lot of success with the Raiders last year. Potential Super Bowl team until Derek Carr got hurt. Um, I think Musgraves is um, a big part of that success. As we see this year, the Raiders haven't been doing this well since Musgraves has left. Like I said, he's had a big part in, in their success in the past, and now he's the Broncos OC. This guy is great with quarterbacks. He puts together a very good system that's really based on the run. It's based on player strength. Derek Carr was able to excel in this system, and I really think that the Broncos quarterback is going to have uh, you know, a lot of success in this if he adapts quickly. Since it's going to be simpler, it's going to be more based on the run, it's going to be more oriented towards you know, winning a safe game versus being complex and trying to outsmart the other coach. That uh, clearly wasn't working. Now this week, our quarterback is going to be Paxton Lynch. This is his first start this year. He's been hurt for a large part of the year, and you know this is really the best chance to see what this guy's got. So not only do we have a new offensive coordinator, we're going to have a new quarterback, with which I'll talk about in a few minutes here. But uh, first, let's just finish up with our brain games. Um, on the other side of the ball, on the Raiders, the, the black hole of the Raiders, there's also been a change in coaching. Ken Norton, their defensive coordinator, has been fired as well for similar reasons to Mike McCoy. In the past six games, the defense has allowed 30-plus points. It's ridiculous. 30-plus points in the last six games in each game. I mean, you know, I'm not surprised that Ken Norton was, you know, was fired because of this. Again, I think it's a situation where he was a scapegoat, where he just... You know, he just couldn't put together the leadership or, or whatever it was to make this defense win. And they have such strong players, especially in the box, and it just, you know, it wasn't working. Um, it, it's unfortunate, you know, you never like to see one of these coaches lose their jobs, but unfortunately it's the nature of the business. And uh, the person replacing him is John Pagano. Yes, uh, Chuck Pagano's brother. Uh, John has been coaching for a long time in the league. He's a great defensive mind. He coached with the Chargers for a while, and uh, he's had, you know, quite a bit of success. He's the assistant head coach for the Raiders, so he's you know well respected within the team. Uh, the team knows him, and he's really taking over play calling duties. So don't expect the defense to change a whole lot. However, expect I think the culture on the defense to change quite a bit, especially when it comes to players' um, enthusiasm, intensity, and willingness to uh, to really make plays to win the game. And on that point, the the Raiders have not registered an interception in the last ten games. That means they haven't had a pick all year. I mean, that's that's unheard of. Every team in the league has had a pick except for the Raiders. So expect John Pagano to turn things around here and really give the Raiders a chance to intercept the ball and play different coverages to confuse a guy in Paxton Lynch with his first start. He's, you know, second year in the NFL, still a young quarterback. This is going to be a good opportunity for John to really prove himself as a defensive coordinator here for the Raiders and, and move along with the stats and improve this defense. So we're going to expect to see a really big change, I think, on both teams, on uh, you know the respective sides of the ball here. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see Bill Musgraves go against his old team. This is a big game for him, I think, more emotionally and, and statistically and everything. He's really going to be going all out. John Pagano, again, you guys, got a lot to prove, but he's going up against an offense that has been struggling quite a bit. So expect to see his defense make some plays that we haven't seen before. So this game is proving to be quite exciting, given as well how important important it is to the season of both these teams. If the Broncos lose this game, well, I think the chances of playoffs, you know, they, they disappear as well. So it's 
You know, like I said before, this is a big must-win game. Uh, Vance Joseph and Jack Del Rio, you know, I'm sure their seats are feeling a little bit warm right now. These seasons have both been underwhelming for both of them. And it's, you know, it's tough to have to make a coordinator change like this in the middle of the season. It's not really a positive change for the team. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it is. Look at the Bengals that happened earlier in the year. They couldn't score a touchdown, change their OC, and their offense changed. Granted, they're not the best team in the league right now, but... You know, sometimes these changes do have a positive impact, but uh, we'll see what, you know, what, what this is going to lead to. I think that Musgraves is a very big upgrade for the Broncos right now. Um, everybody had high hopes for Mike McCoy based on his success in the past and what he was able to deliver for the Broncos, but second time around is, is not necessarily, you know, a, a guaranteed success. Bill Musgraves, however, he's, he's a bit of a new face and um, he's had some success. And I think that if he's able to make Derek Carr look like a Pro Bowl quality Super Bowl winning quarterback. I'm excited to see what he's going to do with the Broncos offense. Um, hopefully it's going to rejuvenate the running game and it's going to, you know, put the Broncos back on the map here. Like I said, there's still a chance to make the playoffs. All they really need to do is go out there, execute, have some fun, play football and play to win. You know, I think that's really what's been missing in this culture for this team from the coaches is the sense of playing to win as opposed to playing scared and playing you know, as though you need to do everything to, to just win right away. Just go out there, play for, you know, have fun, play hard, play excited, and play as though you did back in high school. I think that's what these guys really need to do. Throwing 42 times in a game is never a good sign, unless you have, you know, the pocket passer, the elite quarterback. Otherwise, we've got to stick to the run game. 42 attempts at pass. Never a good thing, and I think Musgrave is going to transform this. And I think that John Pagano, too, is going to bring a new life to the Raiders' defense and make them seem uh, a lot more aggressive than they have been in a while. I think Khalil Mack might uh, get alive, and that secondary is going to find some holes and, and catch some balls here. So it's going to be quite an exciting game, especially on the uh, the coaching staff and all the changes that have been happening. Amazing how it all happened this week, and uh, right on time for our matchup. So it's going to be uh, pretty exciting. I'm, pretty, uh, I'm looking forward to it. Um, on the other side, the coordinators who haven't changed here, um, you know, expect to see the same sort of movement going on this season. I think Joe Woods is going to have the same sort of defense. He's going to rely on the strengths that they've had, you know, throughout the year. I think that uh, the pass rush is slowly getting there. We got Ray that got a sack last week. Uh, Derek Wolf as well, I believe. And, um, you know, we're going to rely on those guys to really make some plays. The secondary is going to be very important for this game. They're going up against Amari Cooper and Michael Crabtree. Both those athletes are, you know, phenomenal receivers, and they're they're not easy to cover. They're both really good pass catchers, and you have to you have to stay on them the whole game. And it's going to be a challenge, but we have the guys to do it. And Talib and Harris, I think it's going to be uh, it's going to be done. Um, the Raiders' third option in Cordell Patterson is. You know, can be kind of hot and cold, and so you know, uh, I don't really expect their their third string receivers, the slot backs, to make a big impact. But I do expect their uh, their outside receivers and Cooper and Crabtree to be very hard to play against. And uh, you know, I think Joe Woods and the defense really, you know, they have the capabilities of doing it. They're able to go out there and execute. It's going to be fun to watch on on that side of the ball. And for the Raiders' offensive coordinator in. Todd Downing, almost forgot his name there, but I got it. Todd Downing, uh, you know, the Raiders have been struggling quite a bit this year. Derek Carr is not the player that he was last year, um, which, you know, is unfortunate. I have him on my fantasy team. I was so excited, but, uh, you know, it's it's not really working out. But, uh, you know, I'm talking to a bunch of Broncos fans, so I'm sure you guys are really, really excited to hear that Carr is not doing well. And the Raiders have been struggling too since they had such high hopes, you know, earlier in the season. It must be uh, one shred of, of happiness that you might find right now in, in 
the NFL. And uh, I expect the team to be running the same way. Um, unfortunately, I feel they're not using Marshawn Lynch as well as they should. Um, you know, Marshawn is a big, you know, big power runner that just plays as though he's running away from fear. You know, he's, he's running away from something chasing him. I just love this, this man's attitude and the passion he brings to the game. Um, but I feel that the Raiders aren't really using his sort of downhill abilities. You know, they're, they're coming out in the shotgun a lot. They're passing a lot. They're playing a bit more of a spread system, which I don't know if it really plays to the strength of the Raiders. But regardless, I think that, uh, you know, Todd's going to put together a good game plan here, and it's going to be still very exciting to watch against this top defense. Uh, statistically, both these teams line up pretty well. Um, you know, the Broncos' defense has a strong advantage here against the Raiders' offense. Uh, defense is still ranked third in yards per game, fifth in passing yards per game, fourth in running yards per game, so a top-five team on those metrics. Uh, points against, there's a few games there where a lot of points were scored, and, you know, that kind of uh, skews the statistics. But overall, on defense the Broncos are still looking pretty strong and uh, it's promising you know they need to hold on to these things as well as they can the one issue again has been you know the inability to generate turnovers they're only averaging 0.5 picks per game which you know basically means one every two games you might get a pick so it's it, it's really tough it, you know when you can't generate turnovers like this it makes a game you know, a bit more of a challenge. And uh, same with fumbles. Fumbles have been even worse. And so I hope that, you know, this game they're really able to come out and, and generate some turnovers. This is going to really help them getting back on track for the season. And on the flip side here with our new coordinators, all these stats that I have up, I mean, they can almost be changed and, and thrown out the window, you know, because we have different leadership, different systems, different styles that are going to be coming into play, which can completely change the way uh, both these teams actually play. Um, the Raiders' defense is pretty low in, in rankings um, across the board. Um, you know, they're 26th in yards per game, 27th in passing yards per game, uh, 17th in running yards per game. So it's, you know, they're not very good across the board here. Um, third down conversion, they're actually 31st right now in third down conversion. They allow 46% of first downs. So this is very promising for the Broncos. With a new look on their offense, a new coordinator, a new quarterback, I think that this is a really good opportunity to... Um, you know, to, to install this new system, these new things are going to try out and, and execute these plays and really give themselves a new look here to go into the last six games of the year with a feeling of pride and hard work and, and a dedication to winning. I think that's something that is going to be coming through in this game here. The one thing that really needs to be changed for the Broncos, though, is the turnover ratio. Right now they stand at minus 16 for the year, which means that, you know, they've been, they, they, they've given the ball away 16 more times than they've taken away. So, you know, that's not good. That needs to stop. Uh, they throw on average 1.4 interceptions per game, which pretty much guarantees that they're going to throw a pick per game. And they're close to a fumble a game as well, which is not, um, you know, it's never encouraging to see that. Um, they also allow three sacks a game on average, which is not very good. And they're going up against a pretty strong pass rush team in Khalil Mack and Bruce Irving and these guys that are really hungry to get to the quarterback. So it's going to be a challenge for the Broncos, especially up front on the offensive line. Um, you know, the rest of the coaching staff hasn't changed. And I think that, you know, this offensive line has slowly been getting better as the year has gone on. Um, the right tackle situation has been a challenge. We see that. But nevertheless, I think these guys are professional enough to, to keep playing their hardest and try to muster a win here, especially up front in the trenches. Uh, so, you know, just to recap here, changes in coordinators, 
means big changes in culture and playing style. And we also have, you know, two teams that match up pretty evenly in terms of statistics. So expect to see a game that's going to be hard fought. Both these teams are playing to stay alive in the playoffs. So there's a lot more at stake than just a win. There's also their future and, you know, monetary benefits for these players too. They get bonuses for making the playoffs. The team does. The organizations as a whole, the, the Denver Broncos and the Oakland Raiders, making the playoffs for them means good business. It's, it's almost free money and straight profit. So both these teams really, 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 really need to make the playoffs and you know let's hope to see a big burst of energy and passion come out in this game and it's going to be exciting to watch for sure I'm really looking forward to this game these rivalries are always always strong survival of the fittest so moving on to survival of the fittest here we got, uh, like I mentioned, a change in players. We got uh, Derek Carr is still the quarterback. Totally not who I want to talk about. I want to talk Paxton Lynch. Uh, Paxton Lynch is, uh, you know, he's a new guy. He's young. Second year, uh, the Broncos traded up in the first round to grab him. There's a lot of hype around him, and he just hasn't been able to really uh, show who he is as a quarterback just yet. He's, he was a bit of a raw product coming out of college, and uh, they've been training him and, and trying to get him ready as fast as they can. He got hurt this year, which really slowed that down, but nevertheless, he's getting his chance right now. Um, as a quarterback, though, he's uh, he's unique in the sense of his body type and size. This guy is six foot seven and 244 pounds he's big he's strong he's very athletic he's good at rolling out moving around the pocket and he's got a huge arm he can launch that ball so it's going to be really fun to see this guy if he can really let loose um he really has nothing to lose either i mean this guy is somebody who has you know he hasn't proven anything yet He's, he's probably still considered a, a project, you know, in the eyes of many people in the league. And even if he has necessarily a bad game, it doesn't mean he's a bad quarterback. He just, you know, we've got nothing to really pin him on just yet. So I think he's got to go out there and play like he's got absolutely nothing to lose and everything to gain. Every completion he makes is going to be a highlight for him. Every incomplete is going to be a question mark for sure. But all those little wins he's going to get, the completions, a potential touchdown, a potential run for a first down, um, you know, a good throw away play where you don't take a sack but you throw it away all these things are going to amount to you know building his resume as a quarterback and it's going to be you know good for him and he needs to play in that way he can't play scared he can't play as though all this entire season is on his shoulders because guess what it's not it's not you know on him to bring the season back it's on the whole team the Denver Broncos to bring the season back and he's just a part of this so he needs to go out play with some leadership some love for this game and just you know just be the guy who was in college be that first round pick and I think he's going to see a lot of success I'm really excited to see this guy launch the ball deep it's going to be really cool he's got a cannon just watch out for this on the defensive side for the Broncos Brandon Marshall and and Davis, the other linebacker here, they they, they need to have a really big game. Uh, Marshawn Lynch, uh, Jalen Richard, I believe his name is, and uh, Dion Washington, correct me if I'm wrong, but these three running backs are very hard to cover. Marshawn is a great downhill runner, as I mentioned before. He's, uh, he's, he's my favorite running back to watch. I just love to see his energy, and he's really hard to tackle. So both these guys are going to have to really keep an eye on him. And the other running backs, great pass catchers, and they're little dudes. They're about 5'8", 200. 20 pounds they're hard to see as over the offensive line so they're easy to slip out on swing passes little screens uh, little flats whatever it is 
And so they're going to be a, a challenge to cover since they have such a low center of gravity as well. These guys are really good athletes. It's it's hard to tackle guys like that. You have to wrap up their legs, and their legs are even, you know, they're so close to the ground for, for these taller linebackers. So it's going to be a challenge, but I think they can meet that challenge. Another guy, too, that they're going to have to watch out for is uh, Jared Cook. Cook is a very athletic tight end. He's very fast. He's a good pass catcher. Um, unfortunately, he's a little bit inconsistent, but when he's hot, he's hot, and he's a, a matchup problem. So let's hope that uh, you know our, our linebackers here aren't too focused on the running backs and they miss Cook on a coverage or whatever it may be. Uh, they're gonna have they're gonna be very busy. Best way to put it, they're gonna be very busy. Hopefully they get some safety help of the middle, but uh, nevertheless, uh, our inside linebackers are gonna be challenged here this game. On the other side of the ball for the Raiders. Uh, on offense, I think Derek Carr and Jared Cook, as I just mentioned, they're going to be the guys to you know make or break the game for the Raiders. Uh, they need to create the matchups for Jared Cook right down the middle with the inside linebackers. They need to get him open, you know, across the field, down the sideline, wherever it is. They need to get this man open. And I'm not just saying that because he's on my fantasy team. He is. I really want some points. But at the same time, he's a big part of this offense. I think that if he comes out with a big game. The Raiders have a great chance to win. And I think that uh, Todd Downing here is really counting on this too. He hasn't seen Cook really explode as he had hoped this year. And this might be uh, the best game to do it just based on the matchup potential. On the other side of the ball for the Raiders, on their defense, it's really tough to pick you know, a specific player right now just based on the coaching change. I think that every player on that team is going to be... Um, how can I say? I think that all their jobs are on the line, and I think that they need to play with a new sense of, of hope and engagement and, and passion as well. And it's a word I've used a lot today, but I still think it stands true. I think that the Raiders are, are really looking for a spark on defense. They brought in Navarro Bowman in the middle of the year, and uh, he's such a great leader. He's a respected player in the league, and after suffering that, oh, this horrible knee injury he had a couple of years ago, it's... You know, it's been a bit of a challenge for him to get back, um, but I think he's there. He's he's manning the middle of that defense right now, and I think it's it's something that the Raiders have needed for a while. I think the Raiders are going to be really counting on him to, to lead this defense amidst the coaching change, and, uh, he, you know, he's going to have a big impact on the game. But overall, you know, look to the entire defense to see who's going to step up. Um, it's going to be hard to, you know, to find that one guy, but I think that uh, somebody's going to get an interception this year, and I think it's going to be, uh, you know, a, a big celebration for them. But at the same time, Navarro Bowman's going to be a big man to watch here as the quarterback of this defense. So that's about it we have for, uh, you know, the, the coaching matchup and the player matchup. Rain Man this week. Uh, before I pass it over to Jared here, I'm just going to give a quick, uh, you know, Rain Man this week for myself and uh, predict the outcome of this game. Um, you know, I, I do love the Broncos, but as the traditional antagonist here, um, I think the Raiders have a good chance of winning um, just based on their trend this year, based on their, their potential players, and also based on the quarterback's experience in Derek Carr. He's won a lot of games. Last year he was a good fourth quarter guy, and I think that this is going to be um, you know, a, a big game for him, and, and he's going to come out a bit of a hero for the Raiders. And so I'm going to call a 23-20 game for the Raiders. But... But, but, I think this game is going to go down to whoever has the ball last. I could see a 20-20 tie in the fourth quarter with a minute left, and whoever gets that ball is going to march down 
kick a field goal and win this game. So that's why that's how I see this game going on, and that's why I'm picking the Raiders just based on Carr's experience. But nevertheless, like I said, must-win game for both teams, and I think both teams are going to be really working to to gain this win. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be worth it. And I think this change in coaching is definitely going to make a positive impact. And overall, both these teams are still alive. Their playoff hopes are alive, and all they need to do is win to keep that going. All you got to do, baby, is win. Just win. Thank you so much, Matt, for your insight, for everything that you've done for us, and for keeping this podcast running with your great insight and now your great quotes. I'm liking it. So for my Rain Man this week, I obviously am going to pick the Broncos, but I don't think it's going to be as close as the game. I think with Bill Musgrave stepping in, Paxton Lynch coming back, the receivers know that they need to step up. The offense needs to know that they need to step up. I see a 27 points for the Broncos, and I see 17 for the Oakland Raiders. I think our defense is going to step up. I think we're going to finally put together the game that we've been hoping for all season because we know that we're in the hot seat. Plus, anytime we play the Raiders, it's going to be a very close game. It's going to be a very hard-fought game, and I think we're going to fight the way that we've been hoping the Broncos have been fighting all year. Famous last words. So for famous last words, I'm going to go ahead and take it and give you kind of my insight onto what I see, what's going on with the Broncos season so far, and what we need to do against the Raiders to get our season, and not just our season, our hopes and our dreams and our love for the Broncos back on track. Obviously, there's a lot of people, I wouldn't say jumping off the bandwagon, but getting very discouraged by the play of the Broncos lately. And you know what? I understand it. I get it. However, we need to keep our faith. And I think a win here against the Raiders is going to bring that faith back to a lot of people and remember why we're Bronco fans in the first place. So let's keep cheering on our Broncos. Let's keep wearing orange every Friday and Sunday and just keep going into this game knowing that we can win, that we can play Super Bowl quality football. We're only a couple years removed from. So that being said, I do want to mention to all the listeners out there, thank you so much for sticking with us and listening to our podcast day in and day out. We really appreciate it. And I definitely appreciate it. Uh, For the next few weeks here, I'm going to be in and out of the podcast just due to my, the nature of my job. I might not be uh, able to, record each week so uh, Dan did a great job if you guys didn't listen to last week's episode Dan did a great job he obviously won uh, with his beginner's luck on the the rain man this week but you know Dan's been doing a great job he's a buddy I coached with while I was up in Canada and and Matt and Dan know each other pretty well so thank you so much Dan for stepping in for us the way you did and I hope you guys enjoyed it as well so Dan will be taking over for a few weeks for the rest of the season anytime that I'm unable to get near somewhere that I can record. So hope you guys enjoy listening to him. And just know that I haven't given up on the Broncos. I'll still be wearing my orange as often as possible. I'll be watching every game and dissecting everything that I possibly can. So with that being said, you know what? Go Broncos. Live and breathe and die. Denver Broncos for life. Let's do this. Even if we get you know a high pick this year, then at least we get the high pick and we can look forward to next year. But Changes are being made. Things are happening. We know that we have a winning reputation, and we need to bring that back to the Broncos. I have full faith. I hope you have full faith. And as usual, we're going to bring it out with the Mad Fanatic. Orange, man. I'm rocking.